Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How the dickens are you? How did you find today's show? I found today's show very agreeable. Mm. But uh, I guess this is the first one we've done since I've been to Paris. That's right, it is. Yeah, how was Paris? Paris was great because we recorded Monday's episode, people, before we... uh, Bef- uh, in advance. And then I went to, to Paris. And yet it was still late going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people, of course, this is a four-year anniversary with my lady partner, and I didn't quite take into account that everyone thinks we've got engaged. Because you went to Paris. Because we went to Paris for our anniversary. How cliche is that? Yeah. So loads of people have been like, so you, you did you propose? Genuinely asking me. Oh, really? And I said, no, I didn't even <laughs> think of it. Actually, did, the the main question though is, did Anna think? No, no, no. I don't think she did. I did ask her, uh, and she she laughed it off and said, "No, of course not." Oh, that's okay. And then. but then, like, is that just hiding some tears? <laughs> I don't know. But, because I uh, oh. an an ex girlfriend of mine, uh, we went on holiday together, and she was convinced that because we had gone on holiday together, I was going to propose, and was then very upset that I didn't, even though I had zero intention of doing so. Some people are just very impressed by centre parks, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, we did go to the Costa del Sol. Mm. Uh, so the uh, uh, I must give a shout out to my Airbnb host. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because uh, he that because he if if you're not up to date with the story so far, Swaf Nation. He he asked me over the messaging when we were arranging the accommodation. Oh, by the way. Are you Oliver Davis from Wrestle Talk? And I was like, Yes, I am. I'm the guy that shouts the news on YouTube. And then that was it. And we met him. He handed over the keys. Very nice guy. Lovely apartment. And uh, he he didn't mention anything. Hmm. That was it. I was like, Okay, maybe just see me around. Uh, and then I write a review of his. And then he writes a review. And you do a private review. And he said, I just like to say, I listen to the podcast uh, all the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, gonna write a review soon for my cheap pop so yeah oh, look at that excellent stuff so thank you uh airbnb man it's because do you remember his name i do remember his name but i don't know if i want to oh broadcast it be it a out. private thing couldn't it so yeah it's, a, it's a private thing that you have just made public by putting it on this podcast yeah, but just without like, mentioning his name like so many uh twi- private message tweets that people then just say to everyone <laughs> yeah. as soon as uh yeah the uh yeah so that was a. Uh, that the SWAF nation is round the globe. Uh, it is, and it even stretches as far as my local Sainsbury's. You got recognised! <laughs> did, yeah. So it's the first time. Bit weird, a bit surreal. Mm. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you tell this story without it sounding like a humble brag? But, um, yeah, I was in my local Sainsbury's. It's the first time I've been recognised not at a wrestling event. I think at a wrestling event, if I got recognised for being on WrestleTalk, that's almost understandable because... It's there's every chance you're going to run into a wrestling fan at we, a wrestling event. We've decided that doesn't count. <laughs> if you get a, if you get recognised at a wrestling show, that's that doesn't. That's part I mean, of the course. Fun. It's, yeah. it's very very flattering. And Thank I you. and I really enjoy that when people come up to me and like, are you are you Luke Owen from WrestleTalk? Are you Luke Owens? 
Owens, Olympic aren't Owens, you? that's the one. Yeah, the, yeah. One, the one who contributes to the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, he came up to me. Uh, he helped me out when I was um, doing stuff at the tills, and uh, clearly didn't know me, my name. I think I might have told the story yesterday, but it's on an episode that's going to come out on Halloween. So are you going to hear the story now? But you may hear it again in two weeks' time, um, or in a week's time. But yeah, he came up to me and said, "Like, are you from Wrestle Talk?" Not knowing who I was, not knowing who you really were either. But it was very nice nonetheless. Yes, thank you, thank you, Tesco man. Sainsbury's man, come Sainsbury's on. man. Come on, man. I'm a bit more upmarket than that. Uh, and uh, stick around till after the show because I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a fun Paris Eiffel Tower story. And it is a great Paris Eiffel Tower story. Uh, but let's just do one review. Because I, I feel we're going to run out of reviews soon. We've been hammering through them for an episode three times a week. Well, not only that, but because we're stockpiling so many episodes now for when I go away. Oh yeah, yeah. We we're, really gonna, we're really going to burn through these. Which, which, what a what a better call than ever to write your own review, people. Preferably a five star one. We're still we've only had one one star review out of which, probably about three hundred. And, and that again is one that someone, they're not going to hear. Mm. For another couple of weeks, yeah, because we yeah. re- we found the one star review when we recorded our October twenty, October thirtieth, October thirtieth episode. It hurts. It, hurts. <laughs> it did hurt. Not not think of it. So uh, we have from Karam G here, who writes great podcast. Honestly, the best wrestling podcast ever. Ollie and Luke have such great content of the best quality, and I love watching the podcasts. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, well, thank, thank you very you much. I don't, I don't overly agree, but thank you very much. Uh, let's get on with the show. We've got a magazine. Oh, I, I think people are getting sick and tired of us plugging the magazine. No, they're not. <laughs> people love stuff to be shoved down their throats. If we yeah. learn anything from WWE, Fantasy Booking Warfare... Uh, ultimate thrill ride you've got to keep saying the same thing well, it's like when when finn balor debuted and they just kept saying the demon king the demon king the yeah. demon king over and over again it's a good job he got injured really because we didn't have to endure that much longer good he got injured he monster <laughs> i remember at that time i kept on hearing the demon came mm. the demon king if you say it enough it just you know when you say the word chair or any any word but if you say one word over and over again, it sort of loses all meaning and just becomes abstract. So I just I just pulled from Demon King, Demon Kane. Yeah, well, I was that, that, confused. That is easily done. <laughs> uh, before we do move on into the reviews, however, oh. there is a little story for me to tell. Um, because as many of you who watch the weekend's video will know that I su- on Monday's video rather, not the weekend's yeah. one. I suffer from sleepwalking of sorts. I, I get up, I move around. I don't, I'm not sure I can fully classify myself as a sleepwalker because I don't always walk out the room. A sonambulist. Is that what it is? That's the, uh, the me- I, th- I believe it's the medical term well, or, the, I, or the posh version. I of it, did know. not know that and I suffer from it. Um, but I actually had a, uh, I just call it sleepwalking, mm. I had a sleepwalking dream about yourself. Yeah, so I, I haven't heard the story but Luke told me it happened, and we were like, we're saving <laughs> on for on air. On Monday, because it happened on Sunday night. So I came into the studio on Monday morning, and I was like, oh, I sleptwalked last night. And it mm. was kind of your fault. Um, so I was having a dream about fantasy booking warfare, about you and I discussing a fantasy booking warfare. And then you told me, oh, I've got to stop talking about my fantasy booking warfare, but the rest of it is written on the wall. And so I was like, Oh god, now I've got to read. I've got to find out where it is. Fine. So I got up and then I just started like feeling the wall 
and trying to like look around and see if I could find it. My uh, wife to be got up and was like, "You're all right." And I was like, "I'm just. I've got to look for something. Just hold on. I've got Ollie's asked me to look for this. I've got. I've got to look for this up here." <laughs> then I got my phone out, started to flash the the light on it. She started to freak out because she thinks it might be like a spider or something. Mm. And then she like kind of coaxes me back into bed. I can't sleep though because I'm like. I need to know what the rest of his fantasy booking warfare it was. Was that though. good? Let's be honest. It was probably uh, a mystery man. It was actually Braun Strowman. That much I do remember. Well, you found out. What well, the... well, no, I didn't find out, but I remember it had something to do with Braun Strowman. Mm. I then spent, I'd say, a good five minutes, maybe even ten minutes, going through each one of our Russell Ramble documents on my phone because I was trying to find where that fantasy booking warfare was. And you're kind of in a, a sleepy trance while you're doing yeah, this? Yeah, and I was just on my phone, just scrolling through. It's not that one. Back, next one, scroll through. That's mm. not that one either. Scroll back. I did that for about five minutes. Five and then minutes. you slowly came to and realised you're oh, well, a madman. Well, I, st- I, suddenly st- I suddenly thought, I'll do this in the morning. It's a, lot, a lot of the times how my, my sleepwalking ends, I'd be like, oh, I'll sort this out in the morning. And then I go back to sleep. Your sleepwalking ends with you being lazy. Yeah, pretty which much. Which is kind yeah. of a weird sleeping. You're, you're managing to be lazy while asleep at yeah, the same time. Yeah, e- exactly that. That's uh, that's really strange. <laughs> uh, well, we will, uh, of course, we did do Fantasy Booking Warfare on Saturday's episode, which is probably why it was fresh in your mind. Mm. And we will, we will reveal the winner in this Saturday's episode, which is our TLC predictions. But for now, let's get on to the TLC Go Home Show of Raw. Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man! This week's Raw, of course, was the Go Home episode of TLC, which I... Go uh, Home show for TLC. Go Home show, what did I say? Of, of TLC. For TLC, and uh, we haven't made... Well, you made a really good No Scrubs joke, or TLC <laughs> well, 90s... some people thought it was a good joke. I, thought, uh, it I, good I joke. thought it was a pretty solid joke myself, yeah. yeah. I Before TLC last year, I would always call it No Scrubs, or I would... Don't go chasing waterfalls. Just try and mm-hmm. cram in as many. Could you name another references. TLC song? I can tell you one of the names of the people. <laughs> Lisa yeah. Left Eye Lopez, as oh. everyone can. She was the cool one. She was the cool mm. one. God rest her zombie bones. Um. So yeah, that was yeah. I I forgot it was the TLC this weekend. Yeah, it was funny because yeah. you said in your raw review, um, I forgot this was a go home show for raw, and yet I've written here in my notes, great go home show. It was a great go home show, but only you know I only remembered it was a go home show when it started. I forgot. Oh my god, TLC is this Sunday. Oh, I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't well, it's only funny re- realize it after the fact because we had this conversation last week when we were mm. planning out the week's videos that we need to do for this week, and we said like, oh, what can we do in advance? And then we were like, and then we got, oh, we got to do um, Hell in a Cell predictions, and we both went, is that this weekend or next mm. weekend? Because yeah, that's come round quick. It's because yeah. we've only got a two-week gap now, but we're back into that two-week gap period between pay-per-views. Yeah, where it's just for a predictions video every couple of weeks when we got yep. used to it being once a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the, the final one, though, because Survivor Series is a full month away after that. So there'll be some respite. But yes, it opened up with a uh, pretty good voiceover guy going previously on Monday Night Raw. And we didn't have Kurt Angle come out then to just tell us what we just saw in the exactly, video. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit sick of that. I, I get it, you need... So, did you actually need Kurt Angle in there? I guess not. He could have come out afterwards. I guess that what they're thinking is... Was we, Angle there? In, at the start, yeah, he came out and he was like, well, you know, this week, last week, oh, this happened, yeah, then yeah, this yeah. happened, and I, well, I just saw all that in the promo, and there's no reason for you to be out here. 
So you're just saying the words so someone can interrupt you. Yeah. You know, that's their sort of back ex- exposition way of getting someone in the ring. Shield come out, though. I was getting a bit like, you know, we're doing this again. But then the Shield came out and, you know, I've been critical of the nostalgia and it is nothing more than superficial pops. But they are pretty hefty pops. Man, what a great pop it was. And I actually, I mean, I was like, this is awesome. Mm. And this is a great moment seeing them coming out of the, the crowd again. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, you're right. It is completely superficial. And it's there just as a nostalgia pop. But, man, it's working on me. It's been interesting to see in the comments of news episodes that we have done about The Shield or reviews we have done which feature The Shield from fans who weren't fans when The Shield were around. And for them, they feel like it's all overhype. They think it's actually a detriment to the show because you've then got commentators and fans like you and I sitting here going like, oh, it's great, the Shield are back, they're ace, this, that, and the other. And they're like, but I don't like Roman Reigns. And if anything, he's just holding back uh, Seth and Dean from doing anything good. Mm. It's, it's actually really interesting. It's a bit like, um, so I, I got into wrestling after Michael's really like michaels was already injured by the time i really got into wrestling and he was on this shelf so my knowledge of uh sean michaels apart from wwf telling me he's awesome was the drunk guy that just kept showing up on shows every now and again slurring words and misremembering things and then when he came back in 2002 i'm like he's now special to me but then you were and you're like, actually, he's bloody good, isn't he? Well, I imagine they're going to... This was a, a pretty good show to get you excited for The Shield again. They had a few really cool moments. And, uh, yeah, I think if, if it is your first time watching The Shield in real time when they're actually having a pay-per-view match, I think this weekend's going to be pretty darn awesome. Yeah, and to be honest, we're in a great period for being a wrestling fan where if you are someone who's new to wrestling... Uh, fandom and you're like oh I'm not really sure what the shield's about I'm not sure what the hype's all about you can just go on the network mm. there's a gra- there's actually a collection on the WWE network which chronicles the entire uh, category of the shield so it picks out all their best matches which I'll be honest is pretty much all of them and all their best moments and it's great I actually watched the whole thing back to back when I was working from home a couple of weeks ago and it was really enjoyable great time to be a wrestling fan not to be a wrestler in WWE because <laughs> well, everyone, yeah, everyone ev- is uh, on the outside. Including our girl Nia. Well, you know, well, let's let's see what happens. It's there. speculative. Uh, the so yeah, the the Shield come out with their full matching attire back in the old things. Sans Shield, unfortunately, sans <laughs> yeah. the actual Shields that I didn't know they were gonna debut with up until like five minutes before. But five minutes before they went out, Vince McMahon found them in a hallway and said, put those down. Do not go out with those. Proper riot shields yeah, they had. Yeah, with shield written down it. Uh, and yeah, they came through the crowd. It had Roman Reigns' music with the Sierra Hotel in but is the it Roman Reigns's, Delta. Roman Reigns' entrance music, though, is a slightly slowed down version of the... The shield music yeah. and Roman Reigns' music are very different. But, oh, okay. But it is only... like To an untrained ear, it does sound the same. But uh, untrained ear. You can't. There, there are differences. It's slightly slowed down in the year, uh, and there's there's a couple of more instruments in there. I suppose you're right. When Roman comes out, it is just like dun, dun. <laughs> and also there's dun. when Roman comes out, there's no warming. Nice foley with That's hitting it. the mic there as well. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, then they come down. They did the. They're just all of this was cool. They hop up on either side of the ring, so Kurt Angle's surrounded. Then they get in, and I'm like, oh, because this was the Pavlonian response of things are about to get real. And then the first words out of Roman's mouth, uh, really, 
I'm going to kick your ass, Kurt. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then Seth's the one, you know, he's the architect. He's like, whoa, 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 calm down there, big, muscly, big dog. beautiful man. Didn't say big dog. I thought he said, oh, did he no, not? No, 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 no. He said big dong. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I'm not joking. He said big dong. That was the the joke. And then it's when I, I didn't put this in the Raw review because I couldn't work out the best. It was a crammed Raw review. I had to drop it. But yeah. Vince Mc- I think Vince McMahon is obsessed with the idea of Roman having a big penis. And that's part of the way to get him over. Oh, that's going to get him over. Is, yeah. that, is that what it is? Think of all the... Like, you can see in the last year period, all the subtle references to Roman having a big bollocks or big mm-hmm. penis or... Having the big dog. Yeah, like he's... The, fa- the, the John Cena line where his zipper was broken because he's yeah. got such a big penis, which doesn't make sense for a big penis. Maybe someone showed him a clip of Joey Ryan and he's like, this is how we'll get him over. Penis plexes. Penis plexes. Yeah. So that was a weird line, but you know what you're going to do. Then Dean Ambrose was my favourite promo of the three. Just, I was like, this is what you need to be all the time. None of that goofy nonsense. You just... Nobody calls me a nerd or anything like that. Yeah, none of that. No comedy, just crazy Brian Pillman-like Dean. And in this, he said an important line, which would come up later. We'll take you on three on three, four on three, five on three, blah, blah, blah. You know, so he does that. And that's when uh, the the heels come out, Braun Strowman, Shimaro and The Miz. They're like, we're going to, and Curtis Axel, we're going to come for you. And Kurt, to his credit, as a general manager, because he's a pretty kayfabe lousy general manager it's like no you're not going to do this uh and then he made some other stipulations i think a very the end of the night i think a very interesting point to note from this is when they're during replays and Mm. during the night never once called the shield bomb yeah yeah braun Strowman later on called it the triple Triple power power bomb just it's back to being the triple power bomb again so So that was clearly just a week of vince going like it's called the shield bomb call it the shield bomb over and over again call the shield bomb and then next day was like actually that's lame don't do that again yeah yeah shield bombs knocking it back (laughs) yeah like yeagers uh and then michael cole had the very optimistic (laughs) and as soon as he said it oh i'll see what he said first he said this is going to be one of the great roars of hit of all time. I've written history. here, Cole, the greatest roar ever. Yeah, yeah. And I just, as as soon as I hear, if Jim Ross said that, someone with credibility, if Corey Graves said that, I'd be like, cool, we're in for a good show because I trust you. But because Michael Cole said it, who has no credibility, my gut immediate reaction was, this show sucks. Like <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you are now facing an uphill struggle with me, WWE. And to their credit, they they got up that hill. By the way, Luke's got physical notes. I'm, I've ditched the iPad for physical notes. Yeah, this is my terrible handwriting, which I forgot how bad it was, and so I started taking handwritten notes. We are all about print physical media right now. I've also got with a, the magazine. Did I mention we've got a magazine? Also got my Halloween Havoc '98 notes as well. That's a tease for the patron exclusive pay per view. So he, he says that Michael Cole, it's going to be the greatest roar of all time ever. He loves the Shield so much. He bloody loves the Shield, as Michael Cole, and we'll come on to. Uh, commentators having no credibility a bit later on mm. tease but then they uh then it really was for the great the greatest roar of all time for a moment when the <laughs> next segment was elias <laughs> sitting there in the middle of the ring these spotlight thing with two stools either side of him and gallows and anderson on his left and right 
And just that visual, as soon as it opened up on that, I was like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in on this. This was and, so funny. And they continued to make it awesome. Yeah. So just, just from the, the comedic scene of the spotlights on these two bald dome heads with, and it was like reflecting off that, that already had me kind of giggling. And then the, the voice warm ups. Yeah. Nerd, 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 nerd. So Luke Gallows does the nerds, and then uh, Carl Anderson sings the honky tonk uh, man. Sings one of my favorite entrance music of all time. I got yeah. my long hair burns, I'm a hair slave back coming to your town in my pink Cadillac, just the honky tonk man. He's the honky tonk man. Love that. And but the crowd weren't that into like they didn't really pop for that. That's I an astounding. That, that's an astounding thing for mm-hmm. for people who've gone back through the archives. Yeah, but uh, or lived through it. Or lived through it. Yeah. The so that was very good and possibly and unfortunately it's an indictment of how Gallows and Anderson have been booked on the main roster but it's probably their best segment of 2017. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. I, I, I thought this was really funny until man then their opponents came out. I was expecting Matt Hardy because yeah. him and Jordan have been a tag team of sorts and then Apollo Crews and Tyson Neal came out and I was like are these lads still feuding? How can they still be feuding? Yeah. Like they never win. Why? What is? What are they feuding with Elias over? WWE has an interesting perception of what feud is. I th- sometimes they mistake feud for holding pattern, and it's there's been no progression. Yeah. At all. As and it's been very one sided until here. Where J- well, I guess Jason Jordan picked up the win over Carl Anderson. Well, of course, Carl Anderson. Had yeah, things. yeah, of course he did. But the it's just Titus O'Neil had a good act going that was getting over with Titus Worldwide. So they start to uh, fizzle it out and undermine it because now he's resting again. Mm-hmm. And where's Akira Tozawa? Why is he to... never hanging out with them anymore? Tozawa has has not been seen in some mm. time. Uh, but yeah, <sighs> didn't think this was very good. Well, I, th- I thought the match was fine, but like it's you're right. Holding pattern is completely the right word. Yeah, there's yeah, there's nothing to get invested in. It was a, like it was a, it was a wrestling match. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I would like to see Titus O'Neil as part of his sports manager persona. Maybe take Jason Jordan under his wing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, see that. they keep talking about Booker going into Titus Worldwide. It's one of their mm-hmm. constant weekly bookering things. That's actually one of the other reasons why I want this bloody feud to end. Next up, we had Cedric Alexander beating Jack Gallagher Before with an insane lumbar check. Before that, we also oh. had we had a Asuka video package. Oh, you're going to go through every Asuka video package as well? Well, I'm just saying that well, this like was three on this show, weren't there? Um, I can certainly remember this one because it mm. led into the uh, promo with Emma backstage right. where she said uh, women's revolution and then Renee corrected her said it's actually a women's evolution and I was like yeah. it was almost like get, get the branding right for God's sake no no <laughs> but she incorrected her because uh, Renee it is the women's revolution Emma said it right and then Renee what is said, the bra- uh, okay so is the branding evolution now no revolution it's always been revolution no but then they changed it to evolution when a couple of months ago. No, no, because what the, the way this played out was was uh, Emma did, you know, said I started the women's revolution, which is what she's been doing on on Twitter and everything. So that's that's yeah. But they changed that ages ago to women's evolution because no. it was the divas revolution, and then it became the women's revolution at WrestleMania, and then Stephanie's been changing it to the women's evolution because we're now grown out. No, of that. I disagree. I, I completely disagree. That that isn't no. It's re- it's definitely sure? revolution. Yeah, because then Renee Young says that it's evolution. And then it was like, well, that's weird. I think it was revolution. And then Alexa Bliss walks in and says to Renee Young, "No, it's revolution." Oh, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident on that. And now <laughs> I've put so many eggs in being, being right. 
which probably means I'm going to be I wrong. I was going to say, because you were vehemently saying, like, I disagree. This is I the disagree. most certain I've ever been on anything. It's women's revolution. <laughs> the only reason I wanted to bring this up is because I cannot wait for Asuka to debut, and I've just written here, Rene deserves better. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that turned into such a tense, <laughs> tense discussion of oh. an otherwise throwaway segment. Also, we got a 205 Live video package. Yes, yeah, so and that was nice. It was very it, it nice. Did, it did make me... It still didn't care uh, well, actually, because th- the match wasn't long enough. I thought we got two pretty decent uh, 205 Live Cruiserweight segments this week. I thought this was a, a... You know, you're right. It wasn't a particularly great match, but I thought the actual video package leading into mm-hmm. it and it's announced that they're going to have a match at the pay-per-view, a tag team match that's not connected to the Cruiserweight Championship which means that feuds are just happening outside of the Championship belt I think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. and we've got a pay-per-view this has got three women's matches on it so it's just like it just feels like a more open playing field for people to get onto the card and and that I liked sure it's unfortunately it is a product of circumstance because all of their top guys who would usually be in singles feuds and Roman main event yeah yeah so that's why there's so many spots Um, and Jack Gallagher needs to get rid of that babyface music yeah, yeah, much like Sami Zayn, I yeah. guess. The what do you make of Gallagher wrestling in a suit? Love it. I th- I love it too, but it is weird. But I guess that's why I like it. Right? Yeah, I like it it's the same way when Loki came back to TNA <sighs> or GFW when he's doing his Hitman thing. Yeah, love cool. that. It is cool. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to point it out again. What a lumbar check by what Cedric Alexander. What a lumbar check. What a sell job I mean, on the lumbar well, check guess, as well. It's Gallagher taking that, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess well done, Gallagher. Rather than That's Alexander. a great move. Then we had a very good segment uh, of Miz TV, which was it wasn't really Miz TV's interview of Braun Strowman. It was Miz just having a promo with everyone in his heel faction. Mm-hmm. And uh, Braun Strowman came out and he spoke in his gruff way. Some good heat with Sheamus and the crowd earlier on. The crowd were you look stupid, and he's like, don't you know, don't hate on the Mohawk or whatever. Yeah. And then Miz said. I'm going to add a fifth man. I'm going to accept Dean's challenge that you can it can be 3 on 5. And and I was like, well, here we go. It's going to be Curtis Axel. And then they kept on building it up and I thought it's Samoa Joe, isn't it? I'd figured you out. Samoa Joe's meant to be returning around this time. It's been six over 6 weeks since he was injured the weekend after SummerSlam. It's got I've got this figured out. <laughs> Um, I had no idea. I, Joe didn't cross my mind. Who, who were you thinking? I thought it was Big Show. Mm. Based on... Because they, they showed a video package beforehand of um, when Braun and Big Show were in the ring and it showed him destroying the Big Show. And I was like, I mean, I know they're showing this because it's Braun Strowman in a cage, but I wonder if that's also a hint as to who's coming back as the fifth man. Yeah, he is... He is. He did just have hip surgery, so that's why... Well, that, that, was, my that, was my, that was my other reason... Well, that was my reason for thinking it probably wasn't going mm. to be him, but that was the only name that could really crop into my head was, was the big show. But stranger things have happened, I suppose. Well, that's it, yeah. Um, Curtis Axel had uh, some fans during this segment, so some people cheering mm. his name, which he very much enjoyed. It was a Curtis Axel yep. chant. And also, like, I get that Cesaro has got some really, um, I- you know, icky teeth at the moment. He's got a bit of upset teeth. Mm-hmm. Does he need to cut promos with the... Uh, shield guard in though um, it's where well, the mouth guard in same when Shinsuke Nakamura does it yeah I didn't really pick up on that I didn't, that didn't. It, they, I swear they keep giving him words that begin with S or <laughs> sentences that have multiple S's in them so he says them badly so- and like he will now he'll never be a top guy mm. he will never get a main event run in this company because he can no longer cut a promo but That's, his, his uh, teeth will hopefully be back to a normal way, you, I don't think he was ne- ever going to be. I mean, he was never going to be a top. Anyway. Gu- he was never going to be a top guy anyway. But this is like that was always the thing that held him back. That mm. was always their excuse. 
we can't push Cesaro, he can't cut a promo. So now, he definitely can't cut a promo because he can't talk properly. That's really going to hold him back. The other thing on this segment was uh, that Miz, weirdly for heels, was like, Bo Dallas can't be here right now. Uh, hope, hope you're okay, Bo Dallas. And that's two weeks now that he's missed Raw. And Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio, it's because Bo's ill. Like, he's he's sick. Uh, but then he, like, then everything else is speculation. Bray Wyatt also hasn't been on the last two weeks of Raw. The last week's appearance was a pre-tape and now. So it's like, they're, obviously they're brothers in real life. It's a bit, um, you know, it's just a well, bit, well, I, if it is a serious illness. See, I, I, I disagree slightly on that movie because I always, I figured the reason why Bray's not been on TV for the last two weeks is because he's doing the Sister Abigail thing. If you bring him out in front of the live mm. crowd, that ruins the illusion. Of, so if, if anything, if I was booking this, I'd have kept Bray off TV anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Bo Dallas has been gone. Oh, that, that, that is undoubtedly while. true. But uh, I think that that again is it's causation correlation. Could be, could very well be. But whatever, hope for get well soon, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Kurt Angle came out, and Kurt and Miz had a really good exchange. I thought because they were talking over each other mm-hmm. like real people. Yeah, occasionally. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yes, Kurt made a which really gave them the, the whole show. And this was the the strength, the real strength of that episode was that it had a narrative thread running throughout the night and this is where Kurt says okay you can get your fifth man if Braun Strowman wins the main event if he doesn't though it goes down to a three on three so Braun Strowman's out brilliant stroke it kind of telegraphs the finish like obviously Braun's gonna win but I thought I thought that was a great touch. The banning people from ringside was completely needless because it's a steel cage match. You shouldn't be allowed in anyway. Um, I, I completely agree with you. I thought mm. that having that narrative thread was good. The best thing about it, though, is that it was a narrative thread that lasted the three hours, mm. not just the first two, and then everything ends, and then you just have uh, Finn Balor, Bailey, and the Cruiserweights. Uh, next up, we had well, Sasha you sort Banks. of still had that. Next up, we had Sasha Banks beating Alicia Fox. In a match that happened because Alicia Fox, you know, there was like a a weird disputed finish from the previous week when Fox didn't seem to tap out. The referee just called for it. It was in that elimination. It looked five like she way. tapped out to me. Hmm? It looked like she tapped out to it me. It was weird. The, well, if she did, the referee didn't call it for a while and then called it. It was strange, whatever it was, and it seems to be tied into Nia Jack supposedly originally being on that show and then not being on that show so women's change the plans were changing throughout the night on that raw and i remembered that's the second time this year that these two have had a botched finish that's led to a feud that's led to a, a match the, the next week yeah a, a whole feud because we're getting this on the pre-show yep absolutely yeah and do you know what's okay so i, I mentioned earlier the the credibility of commentators mm. this is getting utterly ridiculous now and i think you might have brought this up in your review that fox's big issue at the moment is she hasn't got a Mm t-shirt and she says like i've been here 10 years i haven't got a t-shirt but she does have a t-shirt it's on wwe shop right now so that's one thing if you're saying like alicia fox thinks she needs a t-shirt and she doesn't know she actually has got a t-shirt that's one thing you then have the commentators going like, she hasn't got a t-shirt, she's got a right mm. to be upset. It's on. If you then go to the website and go to wweshop.com and see that she has got a t-shirt, you're like, well, why were they saying that she hasn't got a t-shirt? Because she has got a t-shirt. Yeah. This it's I, it, don't, it baffles me with writing. Like, why would you write that into a character when it's blatantly not true? Mm. It's not consistent, is it? I believe the t-shirt 
only came out last week. But it still came out last but week. But still, yeah, it's still bad. With a show that's being rewritten on the fly usually every single mm. day anyway, it's written up to the, to the time the, the show starts. I don't think they care I th- <laughs> about the uh, Banks and Fox feud. The... Because uh, the, the, there's quite a nice story in there. You get Fox wanting this T-shirt, and you build it up for ages. You get the fans wanting the T-shirt too, and then you give it to them. But now they can just go, "Oh no, no, no T-shirt, don't really want it. The, it looks rubbish." The other, the other side of it is perhaps the plan was that she was going to have this thing of like, "I wanted a T-shirt," and they were doing the storyline, mm. and then WWE Shop just put it up early. Because they're always, yeah, it's happened so. within WWE a lot where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and they announce things over here but aren't ready for it over here. Um, mentioned in this match that Alicia Fox is a former champion. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. I do not. I don't know. No, they, they called her a former champion and I was like, was she? I think she won a slammy. Does that count? <laughs> no, she said she was a former champion. Anyway, this was what a, you know. It was it was a, a Sasha Banks versus Alicia Fox match, but the post match was quite fun. Where Fox attacked Sasha Banks backstage, mm-hmm. kind of knocked over a referee. That's why the uh, pre-show match has been set up for this Sunday. And she was fined an undisclosed amount of money. Was the Michael Cole quote? Lazy writing. Mm. Uh, well, at least it's better than the. Sheamus knocked over a referee once when he was a babyface, and he was fined. Like five hundred thousand dollars, and everyone's like, whoa, "Whoa, wait a second, no, no!" And then, like, I remember when Shane McMahon, no, when Brock Lesnar F five Shane McMahon last August after SummerSlam, uh, he was only fined five thousand dollars, <laughs> and I was like. But, I mean, is that going to play into some tension between Stephanie and Shane? Like, I'm not really going to fight. And it never amounted to anything because, of course, that storyline was dropped. Uh, yeah, so that's Banks and Fox. Next up, we have Enzo Amore and Callisto's segment. You you like this one, so I'll Loved let you take the lead. this. Well, it was just Enzo came out, cutting his usual promo. Then um, Callisto came out, botched his lines because that's what Callisto does. Um, and Lucha things Lucha things uh, and then they had like a bit of a back and forth and then all of a sudden as you brilliantly dubbed them the NWO rushed the ring I, I just thought this was a great mm. segment I, I thought it was really really cool uh, you mentioned that you didn't you wondered why uh, Kendrick and Gallagher weren't involved but I thought that was a good thing kind of keep them separate from here you got two concurrently running storylines there the heels don't all just have to band together Enzo's just got his little mob crew now Drew Gulak Tony Nice and um the other lot yeah um i but the heels did just band together that's yeah, but, that's yeah, really yeah. what's happened okay but it's the other heels the no, other but, heels but, but there was already okay, a pre-existing relationship yeah, so, between enzo but then, and there the was other never heels. a pre pre-existing yes, there was. No, they wasn't. were out at the at the in the lumberjack match last they week just being it was heels. those three they were just being heels no 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 because previously enzo had bragged on all the heels like yeah. he were, and all the everyone hated Enzo apart from a ride Zavari. That was the gimmick. And then Enzo, oh, sorry, not Enzo. Brian Kendrick and uh, Jack Gallagher started aligning him, themselves with Davari and thus Enzo. Did they start aligning themselves? Yeah, with because Davari? they were all three of them were there. In, I don't in the remember Lumberjack this match. at all. Yeah, all the other heels were against those. Sorry, all the baby face, not even the baby faces. Everyone else in the cruiserweight division, heels included, were against those three Lumberjacks. Of Davari, Kendrick, and Gallagher, and they were supporting Enzo in the match against Callisto. 
Well, I don't recall that. Mm. Uh, but I'm actually glad that they're a separate entity anyway because they're their own little thing. And I think that's a much better way of doing it. Right, but then you could have like a super faction but of you, Enzo and Galahad. You're just going back to your fantasy booking warfare no, thing. The Knights of Wrestling. Whereas now you do, you do just have four random guys. Well, Davari, Davari makes sense. Yeah, but and Sonya Nees and Gulak have always been a, a duo as well. Yeah, but never aligned with Enzo. I just. I, I would have preferred to have kept Gulak and. I'm uh, trying to think who the fifth person is. It was Noam Dar. Noam Dar, thank mm. you. Um, but anyway, but this is uh, clearly building towards a Survivor Series match, um, which uh, I'm very much down for. I just yeah. thought it was a great segment. Yeah, so a five on five. Yeah. I ripped my biggest legit positive. And legit heat as well. Mm. Well, Enzo's over. Yeah. Enzo's over with the crowd. My biggest plus point, apart from the brilliant line where Callisto said he'll be the new Cruiserweight champion coming out of TLC, while holding up his current cruiserweight championship that could be quite a good gimmick declaring yourself the new champion every, every time, time you win a match yeah, yeah. uh and so my other positive wasn't callisto because it's a rush storyline even though it's not someone i'm particularly invested in it's a rush storyline as well Ariad, not Ariad Dabari, um mustafa ali however I am really invested in. I think he's I've only had a few moments. I've been saying it for ages that yeah. Mustafa Ali's great. He's got a great finisher, the 450 reverse, the reverse 450 splash. He's got great facials, and he runs down to help Callisto, a baby face helping a baby face in a beatdown. What a novelty. And immediately gives a beautiful jumping hurricanrana on one of the heels. Can't remember which. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, long term, Mustafa Ali versus Enzo. That's uh, I like that. And you build up Ali that way. Of course, there's the Neville thing. Uh, you could. That's obviously the better match, but this is the match that will ma- hopefully make a new star with yeah. Ali. Yeah, really enjoyed this. And next up, we had the tag team title rematch of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose uh, taking on Cesaro and Sheamus. No shield entrance. No, yeah, they ca- so everyone came out with their separate entrance music. I know Shimaro's is kind of conjoined, but. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, well, it just highlights that this is a nostalgia thing. They're not really come together as a group. So everyone who was like, oh, but they can do these future feuds down the line. Mm-hmm. It's really is starting to feel more and more like a one and done. After TLC, they're just moving on to their separate things. Maybe they'll do something at Survivor Series. Yeah. But come December, we'll be back to uh, Death and... I keep calling them... I can't say Dean and Seth. Dean and Seth with The Bar and Roman with The Miz. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the This was this was a good... This was a, fine match you know it was, yeah. it was a good match it's they're, they're obviously very good two very good teams they had that two very good matches at SummerSlam and no mercy but uh if there was any debate over the new day and the usos who always have good matches like not who always have incredibly good matches with this i you know i think it's quite clear now that the usos and new day are the, are the team of the two yeah feud of the two uh, afterwards though the real gem was afterwards cesaro and sheamus are backstage sort of just like oh we got beat and curtis axel is giving a really good pep talk but it's not a pep talk for them it's a pep talk getting himself over in a really arrogant heelish way and what makes this perfect? Not only that performance, but Seamus and Cesaro's facial expressions, just sort of looking up and being like, what's this guy talking about? I thought this was a great segment. Yeah, no, yeah, I really, really liked this. Uh, the thing actually I wanted to mention about the uh, the, the Death Bar match mm. was um, it appears as though 
Dean Ambrose is very unused to wrestling in that gear now. He hasn't done it for three years. Oh, he, he seemed a little off step with a couple of times. Like running in particular seemed like a bit of an issue for him. It almost yeah. felt like he got so used to wrestling in those paint on jeans that now he's back to like his combat pants that he's just a little bit slower on it. Hopefully it will help help the bumps a little bit more. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like Roman. Roman never yeah. gets hurt because he's got that big protective flak vest. Exactly. Bret Hart style <laughs> against Goldberg. The Yeah, and then uh, back, still backstage again, Braun Strowman comes in and says, well, you know, to Curtis Axel, who's given it large, who says, I'm going to be the fifth man. I'm the fifth man. And at this point, I thought, you're not the fifth man. You're getting beaten up and Samoa Joe's going to come out. Uh, but yeah, Braun Strowman's like, all right, and if you think you're hard, go and fight Roman Reigns right now. And Axel, you know, had a moment of hesitation. and was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he goes off to find Roman Reigns. So that's that's important for later. Uh, then we had... Uh, yeah, then we had, uh, the, we, had the, we had the Sister Abigail bit, mate. Um, it was funny that in the video package, like showing you what happened last week, that they removed the audio um, filter. So it was just more Bray Wyatt doing a voice like this. They like really digitized yeah. the audio last time. They've taken that off now because again, that's probably a Vince McMahon thing. That sounds stupid. Don't do that next week. I think it sounded more stupid this way. Oh, t- it sounds completely stupid this yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, so Bray wasn't here, nor in, not in person, nor in his Titantron house. And Finn Balor was here to carry the segment by himself. Finn Balor obviously isn't the strongest on promos. So that sucked right out the gate. And then he, the camera comes in close to him at the end of his promo in the ring. And it was very, it was, this bit was cleverly done because it took me a while to realise, oh, he's not in the ring anymore. This is a pre-tape thing. They cut between it quite well. Uh, So you can't see crowd behind him. It's just black. But it's not that obtrusive, intrusive. And as Finn's talking... He's, he sounds a lot more passionate, like he's actually got an acting coach there. Or maybe it's a, a live crowd fright thing when he's talking. He transitions, he jump cuts between his face and an orange version of the demon. Now, I will say this. I think it's cool va- uh, It's cool face paint. I, I like it when uh, Finn is able to change up the demon character, depending on where he currently is. Like when he did the... Um, uh, NXT TakeOver Houston, I think over WrestleMania weekend, he did his, it was more Texas Chainsaw inspired, uh, Texas Chainsaw inspired. When he, we did London, it was more Jack the Ripper inspired. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that he's able to like change things up because that was the great thing about Finn's body paint back in the old New Japan days was that he would always do, try and do something a bit different. So I saw that, fa- that makeup and I was like, well, that is cool makeup. That aside, this is totally lame. We have now got the Pumpkin King versus Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to like, I just want to take you back to two weeks ago. Just, just two weeks ago. Take me back there. This just, is a flashback. Just like sponsored almost, by Smarties or whatever. Like to be honest, and even you could even do like the WWE effects where they do little wibbles uh, in the screen to transition between mm. us as us and us as Sister Abigail or us as two weeks ago, where we were sat there and we were like, ah, oh, he's teasing the like the actual coming of Sister Abigail. Who could it be? Will it be a new wrestler? Would it be something else? Is it all mind games? But no, did you think that two weeks later we'd be sitting here looking down the barrel of the gun that is TLC this Sunday and it is the Pumpkin King versus Oogie Boogie? No. No, I didn't think that. I was too caught up in the excitement of something interesting. Yep. Well, I guess this is interesting, but from a from a really uh, terrible, morose 
interesting. It is. It's uh, it's goofy cartoon nonsense, and I'm. I mean, I was ready for this feud to end last mm. month when it really should have ended. Uh, but yeah, now's the time for it to to definitely end. Now, the real tragedy is that. If these were just two random mid-carders or, or main eventers I don't care about, like I never cared about Randy Orton being harmed by all the hocus-pocus, because he's Randy Orton, he's there already. But Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor have the potential to be something great. And this is going to take quite a while and a lot of effort to rebuild from in the fans' eyes. Especially if Balor is going to going for Brock at royal rumble or, or december or whatever mm. so yeah a lot needs to be done with with old finn yeah, poor so, lad so this was this was atrocious this was yeah, this, was, this was the worst thing in wwe i've seen in in quite some time i was about to say this week but yeah you're right yeah yeah uh next up we have mickey james and bailey beating alexa bliss and emma this had been set up in the backstage thing earlier on uh, bailey was sort of the surprise tag team partner of mickey james i wondered whether it was going to be asuka because they were teasing, Ooh, yeah, they were yeah. teasing all night long that oh, uh, Emma, uh, Emma, Mickey needs to find a, uh, a a surprise tag team partner. She needs to find a tag team partner if she can find someone. Mm. And I was like, all right, okay, well, Bliss is there. She's facing um, Mickey at the pay per view, and then she's tagging with Emma, who's Emma facing at the pay per view. Ask her, and I was like, you don't have to have Asuka wrestle. Just have her come down, and then just have Emma just look scared and run away. And then you just, and then you could have had the uh, the segment with Mickey James and Bliss. That's interesting. I because at the end of this, I thought, oh, are they going to bring out Asuka? Is Asuka going to appear on the Titan Tron just to freak out Emma? And they didn't. And I thought afterwards, you know what? I prefer it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I agree. I was just it was a thought mm. that crossed my mind as to whether they were going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but instead, they went with Bailey, and I was like, yeah, by the power of deduction, that's who I'd have ended up with as well. It's the God, once upon a time, she would have been a, that would have been a huge pop. She debuted as a mystery partner she for did, Sasha yeah. Banks, and what a pop she Enormous got as well. Pop, but nobody cares. Poor, 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 Bailey. poor Bailey. Uh, but yeah, this was a fine match. I'm really into Mickey James Her at the moment. Comeback was great, mm-hmm. really, really great. She's so good, and as many people have pointed out, the high irony of this is that Mickey's too old. That's the the running storyline. Uh, Tamina's over on SmackDown, older than Mickey James. Yeah, forty, yeah. I believe. Yep. Uh, and finally, in the main event, which was built up as, as something quite epic, the greatest hit, uh, history of Raw, yep. the greatest Raw in history, according to Michael Cole, is a steel cage match between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Not just that, there's stuff on the line. You know, will it be a five on three or a, a three on three? So really in the Shields entrance, uh, interest to win. Mm-hmm. And we had backstage Caddis Axel being hung up from the uh, from the rafters and and completely Miz, forgot. Yeah. yeah, as I've written here, yuck yuck. This team is a joke. Stop making them turning them into comedy. I know he's the comedy foil, but it just it screamed to me it was far too goofy. No, I think that's fine because you you got it all back by the end. No, no, no. Yes, but stringing, uh, but also I think it damages the shield. Like stringing mm. him up by his feet, it just seemed a bit wily e. coyote. That what? Yeah, yeah, I agree that. The, yeah, so if uh, you haven't seen Raw and you're relying on us to give you a play-by-play, uh, Curtis Axel, when he went off to find Roman Reigns, he, he was shown, like, sort of round the corner, about to approach them, and then it cut to Miz finding Curtis Axel suspended from the from the roof or whatever, uh, with his shirt off and his legs tied up, so yeah. hanging by his ankles, which was, which was a bit goofy. Yeah. I got... Uh, it looked a bit... I don't know, it looked a bit abusive for a moment there. <laughs> And it also 
yeah, it's, it's, it's like you said, Wildy Coyote. It's a bit Wildy Coyote, yeah. yeah. And Mickey James also cut a promo backstage where she did something that I really wish they hadn't done, which is like, yeah, she keeps saying these uh, things about me, and those comments hurt. Don't say that. Don't don't go down the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's Nakamura's like gimmick. I know that's yeah, <laughs> gimmick infringement. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just wish they hadn't have done that because it would have been better if it's like just if those insults of of Alexa Bliss constantly saying like, "Oh, you're old, you're old, mm. you need Zimmer frames, you're out of it, you're a has been," and then she goes like, "Yeah, those words do hurt my feelings." Like I don't care if they hurt your feelings. Hurts her physically. I did, as a wrestler. I did like the line that James had where she said. That she's doing this for her three-year-old. Yeah, that son. that that is, made me more. That's invested. wonderful. Yeah. That's great. That's good character motivation. But like, all those words hurt me. Also, as well, because then when you say, um, are you looking at this from a bullying perspective of uh, Mickey James? Oh, Alexa Bliss is the bully that is saying all these mean things about Mickey James, and it's hurting her feelings. Mm. And then Mickey James's reaction to that is to call her names. So are you hurting Alexa Bliss's feelings? Because you're just as bad as she is if you're doing mm. that. If you know it hurts, don't do it back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm very into this feud, uh, the James and Loved it. Bliss I just feud, didn't like that segment. Uh, so the great stuff about the, the best thing of the entire show. Yeah, actually, I, even beyond the reveal was, for me, Miz's line when one of the interviewers, can't remember which, asks Miz when he finds Curtis Axel strung up, you know, this, Curtis was going to be your fifth man. What are you going to do now? And Miz says, I think the world of Curtis Axel, but he was never the fifth man. Loved that. What a line. And that's going into the ad break. Perfectly structured. Yes, I'm going to come back to watch the main event. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yep, it's going to be Samoa Joe. I've clocked this. Maybe I'll even tweet it to make <laughs> myself look really smart. Uh, but then we had the main event, which was a pretty decent main event in a cage. These two always do have really good matches. It's a good job that Braun's yeah. there to carry Roman, as the as we've been told many times. I think uh, the agent, like a lot of the brain trust, is involved in plotting out yeah. Braun and Roman's matches because of their, you know, those are the two future guys you want to lead your company. Really, the next. Cena and the next Undertaker, I guess. Yep. And, <laughs> so enjoy, uh, enjoy these for the next twenty years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they had a good match. the The best thing for me was a hell of a super. Oh, mate, that superplex. Yeah. So it wasn't. Was it a superplex? It was off the. I think it was off the second rope, hmm. and Roman kind of just hurled himself over. Oh, still man. very impressive, but yeah. it wasn't a top rope one. So awesome. Uh, it was. It was a bit like Roman was out the cage. He could have just jumped. I think jumping that way down is a mm. lot safer than flipping yourself back over. So uh, that that took me out of it for a moment. But then, yes, the despite being banned from ringside, which has not stopped anyone ever, Shamaro and Dean and Seth are out there. They're all brawling. They brawl to the back, which is when Miz follows them and locks them. As they brawl into a part of the arena, he locks them in the car park area or the parking lot. Now, there was a moment when they were brawling backstage, when they were uh, brawling past a ginormous toy display. It was like a big merchandise stall. And I was like, how did they not go through this? Yeah. Like, that was just, that was carnage waiting to happen. It was standing there. It was like a birthday cake with Vicky Guerrero Mm -hmm. around. And it never Mm -hmm. happened. Uh, But this play, and I like, I appreciate that touch because usually you're like, why aren't they coming to help Roman? Especially in so many weeks leading up to this match. Uh, Seth and Dean didn't come out to help Roman. Roman didn't come out to help Seth and Dean. Mm-hmm. But this explained this this moment. Like that. Because Roman, he's in there. He is getting cheered yeah. by the crowd. He does his ooh-ah 
the whole crowd do the who are. It was like like four or five years ago in the height of the shield. And I was into Roman. That's because Roman's really good. Yeah. It was if like, he's booked well. Yeah. Well, he's booked well. He's just, you know, it felt like he was past the point of no return. Maybe. I, I can't see them doing it. I, I guarantee you, once the shield break up again. Yeah. We're back to square one. Back to the path. Because I, I do think that now... That music, when that the dun dun hits, it's just a Pavlovian response to boo. Whether people are actually booing or not, it's just a Pavlovian response mm. because that's what we have been conditioned to hear. And I don't think that we're ever going to get out of that. It's like when Cena's music hits, we're just conditioned to boo it. Even yeah. if we'd like Cena, which a lot of us do, we're just conditioned to boo mm. that music. Kurt Angle. You suck. Exactly, yeah. We don't think he sucks, but it's a Pavlovian response for us mm. to say, you suck. So uh, yeah, it's it's that, and I I previously thought WWE had gone the point of no return with Roman as a babyface. I think he needs a drastic revamp into a heel first, and then he, then they can try the babyface again. I still think that I will be astounded if they manage to make this little uh, revamp bit work. Yep. Uh, but I, uh, maybe I, they can mate do you know what actually might just help him just changing his entrance music mm-hmm. once the shield thing is over just giving him a brand new uh, a, a brand new tune that people aren't conditioned to boo maybe that will help yeah. I'm not saying it will but it's it's a it's, it's a better idea than nothing so Roman's in uh, Roman looks like he's about to win that's a great near fall yeah yeah well. and uh, then Kane's music hits a slightly revamped uh, reversioned bit of Kane's music everything goes red and I'm sitting there knowing it's Kane's music, knowing those are fires, uh, fire graphics on the Titan Tron. I'm thinking, it's not Kane. <clears throat> Kane's running for mayor. He literally just did an event with Daniel Bryan one weekend uh, for Knox County. He's entering politics. It's not Kane. It's just some, somebody, Miz is playing something to freak everybody out. Yeah. And then Samoa Joe's going to walk out. It wasn't until the camera showed Kane, and then five seconds after the camera showed Kane, I was like, it is actually Kane. <laughs> what a return. I know it's nostalgia. I know it's superficial. He's going to be gone in a month. I was, I just thought, I was blown away by it. I mean, I, but I think it's a really nice touch. It's 20 years since his debut. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a really, really nice moment. And like, it, as someone pointed out as well, you've got that great storyline of Roman Reigns retired his brother. Mm-hmm. So he has got character motivation to go after the shield. I thought this was, was really, really nice. There was a moment, though, where Michael Cole, when um, he's choke slamming Roman Reigns, and he says, why is Kane helping out Braun Strowman? I'm like, you idiot, Cole. He's clearly the fifth man. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard to work out. Like, a, a credible commentator would be like, is he the fifth man? Is he? Is that what I'm seeing? Is he the fifth man? But no, Michael's going, why is Kane doing this? Mm. I can't figure it out. Oh, Michael Cole, what's <laughs> going on around me? Uh, yeah. yeah, but it was it was terrific. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things yeah, about the Kane. What I thought this was a great show with few low points. Mm. Uh, well, it had one really significant <laughs> yeah. uh, Finn Balor Bray Wyatt part. But yeah, the 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 Kane Tombstone power driver. Oh, what a tombstone! Delicious. And again, this kind of uh, proves a point that I made last week. I think the addition of Kane just shows that Vince McMahon. Every single week, it's just like, I don't buy into Miz and the bar as a credible threat to the shield. We need to add in more bodies to this. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a Smackdown review, Magal. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. Smackdown opened with Daniel Bryan in his hometown, which the crowd were very into. They chanted yes to everything. Before that... There is something that you and I need to discuss. Oh, yeah. So I came into the studio today, and as we do, we pop the kettle on. I go to make some toast, although I haven't got any bread, so I didn't do that today. And then uh, we were talking about this this Nia Jax situation, this possible Nia Jax situation where she may have walked out of Raw. We don't know. It's just some speculation at the moment. And then I said to you, I was like, and what about uh, Tom Phillips? Away on assignment. That sounds like a corporate doublespeak for, like, he's in trouble. It's like the Moro Ronaldo travel situation again. And you looked at me blankly and said, what? And I went, Tom Phillips, you didn't do commentary last night. Mm. And you looked at me even more blankly and went, then who did do commentary? Michael Cole filled in for (laughs) Tom Phillips last night. And you didn't notice the whole night. So obviously I'm taking a lot of the blame here. (laughs) How much blame is WWE's for creating (laughs) such carbon copy commentators who have no individual sense of personality? Look at you, victim blaming. So, um, I, to defend myself very badly, I, you know, we wake up very early to watch uh, Raw and Smackdown because we're in England and there's a time difference. It probably goes live around 1am over here. That's when it starts. And then we have to... So we get up really early and watch it so we can write stuff and then record stuff. It takes a lot of time. Uh, and sometimes sometimes I don't sleep that well. Sometimes I'm a bit groggy for the first 10, 15 minutes. And to be honest, the first thing I remember is the crowd chanting yes just before Sami Zayn came out. But then like at no point in the show did you go like, Tom Phillips certainly sounds a lot like Michael Cole Or when the camera showed Michael uh, Cole I, on commentary. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have it just did not click with me. And yes, like I said, I am taking a lot of the blame for this. But it is also crazy that how like if it was Moro Ronello, I would and he wasn't there, I would have picked that up right away. Because they sound very different. But yeah, because Tom Phillips really is a Michael Cole clone, mm-hmm. a Michael clone, uh yeah. I I thought it was very funny. It was very funny. <laughs> I can't believe I missed it's yeah. I can tell you really intricate. I can tell you the whole board for fashion files, but I cannot tell you who did lead commentary for the for the entire show. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, so Daniel Bryan came out. He he was very over with the hometown crowd, and he called out Sami Zayn, which is the, the sort of the the first bit that we got. We were very intrigued on last week's episode about Daniel Bryan being angry, but we got nothing really to follow that up with. So this was our payoff. Daniel Bryan is angry with Sami Zayn for betraying morals and Shane McMahon. So Sami Zayn came out with the music, which makes, you know, it's happy, jaunty music, but he's he moves differently. He is, it's almost like he's taking the piss out of his old entrance. Yeah. And, I, and I really actually like that. You said earlier that Sami needs new, when I mentioned Jack Gallagher definitely needs new entrance music, and you said, I think Sami could do with a similar thing. It almost actually works now that Sammy mm. has got this happy, jovial music and he comes out doing this mock dance to it. 
it actually kind of works. I, I do, yeah, I thought that here, but in the main event when uh, they came out separately, I thought these two need Kevin Owens' music. Yeah. Uh, so as a unit, I think they should oh, yeah, have yeah, KOs yeah, yeah. or maybe something new. But yeah, for, for Sami Zayn's solo here. But it takes a while for tag teams to get um, the same entrance. Just look at uh, Sheamus and Zara. Yeah, took them yeah. a long time. Uh, so the, uh, yeah, so Sami Zayn, it's, it just, it just feels, he hasn't changed much. That's the beauty of how he's playing this character. He hasn't changed much, but he is very unlikable now. It's I love it. I think it's so great. Yeah. I, I thought this segment here, when uh, then Kevin Owens came out after that, and you had the three of them in the ring, I thought it was a wonderful segment. Really, it just played off like real emotions, mm. and I thought it worked really, really well. And all three of them played their parts perfectly. And that opening segment and the closing segment. You know, you've got Kevin Steen, El Generico, Brian Danielson, Shinsuke Nakamura. And I was like, this, is, this makes me feel good when that happens sometimes. I am really going to miss Daniel Bryan when he goes. Yeah, next September, it seems, yeah. as he tweeted. The, uh, the what was I going to say? Sammy had some money lines in this. Well, the, and he was playing it so they were, they seemed like he was pitying uh, Daniel Bryan in a sympathetic way, but really he's just being nasty to him which was you know I, I like I I used to look up to you uh, but now I think you should have worked smarter rather than harder mm-hmm. uh, you know smarter being Sammy's going to take the easy heel way out now rather than putting his body on the line like Daniel Bryan did for morals and that played perfectly into oh. the finish of the tank match really done. intricate yeah. perfectly logical storytelling he blamed the fans and then he called him uh, Mr. Bella the housewife yeah or the house husband or something. And it was just such a... Like, Brian just would see... You could see was seething. And because we believe in Brian, Brian is credible. He's, you know, to the detriment of WWE sometimes <laughs> with the, the Fs that he doesn't give. Uh, yeah, those those three together, was this was a, a very good opening segment. Yeah. And Brian said, setting up the main event, I'm going to find two people to kick you, to punch you in the mouth. And he comes back with Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura. Very credible opposition to beat. Absolutely. Really enjoyed this. Yeah. Next up, we had Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Naomi beating Natalia, Tamina, and Lana. A match went about three minutes, maybe? Uh, lot yeah, of, lot of was ad- a commercial break. Yeah, a lot of ad break in there. Um, all mostly jobber entrances, with the exception of Charlotte. And actually, I wondered... Because Charlotte got an entrance, and then no one else did. All the other ad, all the others were in the an ad break. And then they had a bit of wrestling, and then had another ad break. And I had a sudden worry that because at the start of the show, Daniel Bryan was kind of like you know just enjoying everyone chanting yes at him or like welcome home, and it kind of like was probably meant, probably went longer than it was meant to. I thought, man, they're going to cut entrances. Some matches are going to be cut short because we're running long now. And fashion files bumped fashion again. Fashion bumped again. But as it turned out, they actually ran short. Just a little, just so close. <laughs> so, so close. close. They actually ran short. Uh, but this was a fine match. Uh, Becky did one move. Really? Did oh, one move in the entire thing. Uh, yeah, and Lana, like Carmella should have been in there. <laughs> just, Lana works so much better as a manager uh, for Tamina but they can't decide. Else. they can't decide on what she is. Yeah, it was weird that they brought her back in because... I don't know. Like Charlotte and I said this in the review. Natalia and Charlotte, there's you know, it's a real good story there, and you don't need everyone. You don't need the entire rest of the women's division to tell it. So it's quite transparent what they're doing. They're just trying to shove all the women in one segment, which is isn't as good no. as just telling one really good story. I thought it was uh, yeah, pretty lame. But next up, we had 
the return of the Fashion Files with Pulp Fashion, the one that was meant to debut at least two weeks ago. <laughs> I think it was meant to be at SummerSlam by this point. Yeah. So what did you think? I thought it was a, it was one of their it was a good one. Not sure it was one of their better ones. Yeah, but they're it, all good. They're all good, very good. I enjoyed something like the the Pulp Fiction jokes. It sounded like most of them went over the audience's heads. They are referencing a cult movie from 23, Five. 25, 25? 92, wasn't it? I was or 94. No, Reservoir Dogs was not. Yeah, My so bad. 23 years ago. So, you know, if you if you know Pulp Fiction like the back of your hands, like of our generation we probably do because mm-hmm. we saw it on VHS in the in the 90s because it was like a naughty film for us to watch as teenagers um, then yeah it's, it was kind of all grand the board was very funny Reservoir Dog with Road Dog I thought mm-hmm. that was quite a good one referenced um, Booker T doing it uh, at Wrestlemania 21 what was that one? They just had a picture of Booker T because Booker T and Eddie Guerrero did the uh, the Pulp Fiction skit for oh, WrestleMania 21. Oh, when they 21. had all the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they had a picture of Booker T and it said it's equal 2517. My favourite one was uh, all the John Cena pictures in his different coloured John Cena t-shirts. Mr. Orange, <laughs> Mr. Brown, Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde. Yes. And, uh, and that was like his original photo as well when he had like the... Uh... Right, the prototype. Yeah, the... The, I, not the prototype, but yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, I thought it was very good. So it, yeah, but like you said, it wasn't one of the best ones and mm-hmm. in fact i so i thought a lot of the dialogue was just quote for quote's sake i don't think they they were funny jokes yeah they were just repeating lines from the movie or it, it's it's the thing you and i used to talk about in our old movie podcast which mm. is that oftentimes family guy is particularly guilty of this where then it's not so much a joke but they're like oh you recognize this so that's funny right yeah it's I've, the... I've referenced this tv show and you've seen that tv show and that's funny which is like uh, it's the like the date movie or the superhero yeah. movie or Meet the Spartans that that kind of comedy. Yeah. But so Breezango were weighed down with that, but the Ascension were free to do what they and they have become the uh, the stars of the fashion files. They for me. were really good, and by the looks of things, the two B case is still open. I mean, mm. they change it from week to week, but I think it is still open. And I did like that they essentially was like. I mean, guys, it's quite obviously the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was so, because, like, sometimes you, th- you you think, what? So in this universe that happens in wrestling, none of the wrestlers see the debuting promos, so no one knows who the Bludgeon Brothers is. But when like the, the Ascension said that, it was like I pricked the bubble really nicely. Yeah. Like, oh, so they all do watch the shows back, and they know the agendas of various well, people. I think it's it works in the fashion files at the very least because it's quite a meta show. Yes. So, yeah, I quite like that. I thought that was really funny. So what I now want to see, and uh, because they, they did, the Ascension tried to be friends with Breezango again. You know, like, we're going to, if we give you the special syringe to save Tyler Breeze when he had a, a gluten-free burger, uh, will you be our friends? Will you be our best friends? And Fandango's like, yeah, okay, do it. But Breeze woke up just before it happened. So, like, so you're our best friends now? No. And they went through the fist bump. Just going just gonna to walk away. Uh, walk away now and so what i want is for them to keep doing that and the ascension to know it's the bludgeon brothers yeah and and they've solved the case they are gromit to wallace <laughs> right what a wonderful yeah, comparison yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so they're that. the people who you know breezango just inept cannot solve a case to save their lives but the ascension can they're actually good at this they know who the, the culprits are and they're the ones that save breezango at the end 
and then you know then they're like a super unit best friends unit and then we can get our big wrestlemania match which is going to be a match between the bludgeon brothers and the ascension yeah yeah, a big mean guy match and then the ascension turn heel at SummerSlam. oh it's it's long-term booking at its finest uh so actually should we I mean, we could just skip the next match anyway because it was so short. What was the next match? Sin Cara oh, beating oh, oh, oh. Baron Corbin. Sin Cara's got a new mask and new music. He's got funny contacts as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so after winning the United States title, after beating AJ Styles clean in the main event of SmackDown... Thus negating the storyline they were telling mm. and are continuing to tell here. Uh, it seemed like Baron Corbin was out of the doghouse and now they were going to get behind him again like they were when he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and the Money in the Bank briefcase and he just lost clean by mm-hmm. a countdown. countdown so you and you have a real issue with the uh, automatic rematch clause you think yeah. it's, a, it's a terrible way of telling a story and I agree with you because this is a perfect example of it because of the automatic rematch clause that they choose to do and sometimes don't choose to do, I think it doesn't apply to the Universal Championship because no one ever gets their rematch for that. Um, Goldberg, Kevin Owens, and Finn Balor have yet to have their rematches. Um, that you had to have Baron Corbin versus AJ Styles next uh, last week because you need to get rid of that automatic rematch clause match. And you needed to have Baron win because you need to keep him as champion. And AJ to lose because AJ's being moved up towards gender. Mm. Problem was then is that Baron Corbin just beat AJ last week clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. Which means that the storyline that they were telling apparently ended. And the commentators were even like, ah, Baron didn't take the cheap way out. And then here, they're kind of like going back to that story again of that Baron tries to win uh, cleanly and messes it up. So it just it throws everything out of mm. whack, and there's now a re- and not only that, but now you've got AJ going towards the WWE Championship as a loser. Mm. It's just it's it's really bad booking across the board for me. Uh, you, you're not it's not helping Corbin a single bit. It's not helping Sin Cara. No, Sin Cara didn't get over uh, through no. this. And I mean the the only good thing about this was when Baron Corbin at the start was like, "Should I make this a US title match? Should I bring back the US Open title challenge thing?" And everyone's like, yeah, well, let's do this. And he's like, no. Yeah. Nah, I'm not going to do that. So that was good. But the rest of it was really bad. Yeah. So Bludgeon Brothers, which was the one we were going to go straight <laughs> well, into. Well, actually, we first got... Um, so the Usos were cutting a promo backstage. Mm. And they were then interrupted by Gable and Benjamin. Yeah, who, yeah. you'd think, were the baby faces. But in the way that they uh, put this, they came across as the heels. Yeah. And Usos the Us- were smiley and like, oh. Yeah. Right, we're going to shake your hands. And yeah. they were like, oh, no. And it's almost like, are you booking them to be wacky baby faces mm-hmm. and they're still the heels? Or are they now the heels because they're dicks and the Usos now the baby faces because you're being dicks to them? Yeah, I, th- I mean, the Usos and the New Day feud was so unique that both teams are, d- are sort of now beyond face and heel. They're just really great and people like to watch them. So you could have just had a really great Usos team go against a really great American beater. But, yeah. I'm, I mean, it's too early to tell. I wasn't put off by this or... Yeah. It was just a, a and thing. This was a promo that had not been staged particularly well because Paul Renee's there holding the microphone, not always not passing it over to oh, Benjamin yeah, when it needed yeah. to. So Benjamin, most of his lines were said off mic because Benjamin was probably used to the days in like 2004 when they were doing overhead mic rather than the, an, a generic interviewer going like, my guest at this time. Well, the, the, the height difference between Rene, Gable, 
and Benjamin is quite extreme as well, so to, to yeah. manage all those. Poor Renee, she deserves better. So yes, this Bludgeon Brothers promo, this is the second one we've had. The first one was just in a blacked out room. This one was in a forest. Yeah, I at first thought it was against a green screen it was shot so poorly, but actually... Well, it had a lot of... of grain on it, didn't it? Yeah. Artificial grain, which is meant to make it look like nighttime, but it was quite clearly... <laughs> full light yeah uh, but I think this was a better promo than last week it was kept much shorter um, they said a lot of nonsense and then ended it with Harper Rowan Bludgeon Brothers yeah that's and, pretty good thank you man. and then they uh, used their hammers to smash the ground yeah or the us I guess because it was a, a point of view of the camera yeah. being smashed I, uh, I mean I know a lot of people are, are, are dead against the Bludgeon Brothers and think it's a bit lame and they're not wrong but I kind of like it. I, <laughs> I kind of like it. It seems like the sort of gimmick they would do in NXT. And then you'd see him be like, that's never making up to the main roster. Um, a bit like, who's a good who's a good example the of Ascension. that? Well, actually, well, no, the Ascension. I was like, I, I could see Triple H loving the Ascension. Mm. Um, but yeah, who's a good... The Velveteen Dream feels like an act that will never get over on the main roster. But like, he's, I mean, he... Oh, there oh, the we, we've got yeah. a t-shirt down. The Velveteen Dream is kind of getting himself over in NXT, and I'm really enjoying his feud with Alistair Black. I think he's pretty awesome. Um, but it's the sort of gimmick that when it blows up the main roster, people are going to be like, oh, it's Adam Rose. Mm. We're not going to get behind this. So the Bludgeon Brothers feels like that NXT gimmick. The Vaude Villains is another one. Mm. I, um, uh, but here it is in the main roster, and I kind of like that. It just feels it feels like the Wyatt family up until... It's like they're the Wyatt family, and but then not. they say Bludgeon Brothers <laughs> and they've got hammers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but the Wyatt family didn't need to be changed. I, I'm not into this at all. I think it looks ridiculous, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I'm well, kind of into it. We had Jinder Mahal's big announcement, which was the most hype thing. It was advertised on Raw the previous night. Why did it take so long for you to do that Jinder Mahal video package where he goes to India as a, mm. as a conquering hero? That should have been done straight away. It's not that expensive to fl- when you're a billion-dollar company to fly someone over to India to film some stuff. Are they a billion-dollar company? They're a Ford, I'd imagine they're a turning over they're, if they're not turning over a billion dollars they're turning over a lot of money i don't th- i think they're turning over like 500 million something and maybe their maybe their estimated company worth is over a billion i don't know uh yeah, the, it's not it's not short small change yeah they should be able to <laughs> to, to get uh gender over there so yeah this gender came out and said what dave Meltzer broke over the weekend that it will be well he made the challenge for uh, a Jinder versus Brock Lesnar match. Now, a few people have got in touch with us over Twitter to ask what we think about this, and I think that it is a, it's a marquee match. It's a Survivor Series. You want to advertise a big market. It's champion versus champion. So in the WWE bubble, in their mind, this is a big-time thing because it's champion Brock Lesnar versus WWE champion Jinder Mahal, a clash of the titans, the unstoppable beast versus the immovable uh, Indian. And they're going to clash at Survivor Series. Problem is, no one buys into Jinder as champion because he's been booked so poorly since winning the belt that the match is actually going to end up doing not really that much business. It's not going to do the sort of business that Brock Goldberg did last year. Not only that, but historically, when they've done the brand split, champion versus champion matches have never drawn. They've done them on pay-per-views that never drew. They'd used to it on TV and it never drew then either. So it's, it's interesting they've gone this direction, but at least it gives them something to do. And Jinder will lose. It's well, yeah, that's the problem. I can't see 
Well, unless it's a screwy finish, I can't see Brock losing. So that means Jinder's going to be beaten two weeks ahead of his uh, India tour in December. Uh, Jinder's Ah, apparently working injured as well. The other thing, I suppose, actually, I suppose this does make sense then. If you're building Brock up for Roman at Mania, Brock not only beating Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe, he's also beating the WWE champion and he's just tearing through all these people getting into WrestleMania. Oh, so no. then the Romans win at WrestleMania is even more impressive. No. Uh, wait, would, they wouldn't let Jinder beat Brock, would they? Oh, no. 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 I feel like they're going to let Jinder beat Brock. You reckon? Yeah, to plant a seed of doubt. Oh, right. What, but no, it, no, that, no, don't do no, that. No, no, I don't agree with it, man, but that's what I'm thinking. Just that's... like how Goldberg beat him last year. That's dreadful storytelling. A screwy finish with the Singh brothers. Oh. It's a non-title match. Yep. Oh, no. I mean... What have they done? <laughs> I can't see it happening, but... India's it, it, a big deal India, for them. India is a big deal for them. And it is two weeks before they go. Well, like, if you're thinking India, that's the next big thing. That's a hell but of I, a of a way I, to get but over. But are you willing to sacrifice that this thing you've been working so hard on for <laughs> over the other thing you've been working really hard on all year, which is the F five versus the spear come WrestleMania? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared. Well, anyway, that happened, and then um, AJ Styles came out. AJ Styles came out and said, "Well, you know, you haven't beaten me yet," which apparently is false. Jinder has beaten AJ. Has he? Yeah, I can't remember when. Someone tweeted me. I didn't check it out, but maybe he has. Uh, and uh, then made Jinder look really strong by beating up Jinder and both Singh brothers. Yep. Uh, so, yay, AJ's back in the title picture. Boo, it's playing second fiddle to this feud he's having with Brock Lesnar. So it just means that AJ's now in a holding pattern for uh, until December. Yeah, because, you'd imagine it's a December pay-per-view match. Yeah, because he can't challenge for the WWE Championship because... You, there's no pay-per-views from now until Survivor Series and Survivor Series is facing Brock Lesnar so mm. poor AJ's now stuck and, and it will be Sunil is it Sunil next week for um, versus AJ yeah I made that then we had Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Roode um, two minutes maybe very short match yeah uh, th- well this was another commercial break match um, but it wasn't you know the, the the entrance stick is good obviously Rude's got a great entrance Ziggler has a nice record scratch one where he comes out to no music now but this is it's 50-50 booking yeah it's... It, it's real damaging level because Bobby Rude you know he, he's great F- okay you want him to be a baby face for his initial run when he should be a heel but okay but then get him over as a baby face don't have this 50-50 eternal feud that people seem to get stuck in with Ziggler yeah, this is this is not good. This is pretty bad. But at least Rusev Day is, <laughs> is still a thing. Thank God. So when Aiden English is backstage singing, and then the New Day interrupted, my first in- my first reaction was like, they're gonna have a tag team feud. They're gonna have a tag team feud. Mm-hmm. This fills my heart with joy. And then they they did Rusev. Well, Rusev there entered the fray. Xavier Woods played Rusev's music on the trombone, which was wonderful yeah, as they danced good. around. And it was like, it's no longer the new day, it's Rusev Day. And I was like, this is, I can't wait for this feud. Now I think it's going to be awesome. And then my, what might be my favourite moment of SmackDown, Aiden English went to sing, it's Rusev Day. And Rusev just went, now's not the time. Yeah, it's nice that he's still using Randy Orton's music yeah. for the tune of that. This this was this was very funny. Yeah. Uh, but at the, you know, at the end of the day, Rusev is better than this. <laughs> yeah. But this was, this was good. Uh, 
Did you see Rusev on uh, Xavier Woods' Up Up Down Down channel? No, I, I've tried to watch some of the videos, but I can't overly get through. Well, you them. know, you can watch. Uh, yeah, this is just a little moment. Just watch positive highlights. Rusev one, yeah, the highlight. And oh, I can't remember his name, but like the Last Dragon. Apparently, this is one of Rusev's favorite movies, and they bring it like they're just talking normally, and then they bring out the guy who starred in the Last Dragon, which <laughs> was like this eighties cult thing uh, it's got a famous line about kissing kiss my converse but rusev it was like rusev's favorite film as a kid and the guy obviously walks in it is just a joy to watch rusev is so happy <laughs> he is i've never seen joy like it uh speaking of that i saw a video uh posted quite recently of uh, a guy 25 years on uh so 25 years listening to its release listening to rage against the machine's first album for the very first time and recording his reaction to it and it is just unmitigated joy of just like, how have I never heard this album before? It is wonderful. And it's genuinely brought a massive smile to my mm. face. I'll probably get that when I eventually watch uh, Scott Hall versus Shawn Michaels in the famous Leatherwitch. <laughs> Still never seen it. It's like the one, <laughs> the one thing I've never seen. Yeah. Uh, but the main event, after what was a pretty shoddy smackdown in the middle there, not some really bad stuff, the main event was superb. Yeah. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton. Nakamura and Zayn starting off the match in a sort of homage to their NXT match. Uh, Nakamura's debut, that was. And yet, yeah, a great act. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, surprise, surprise, are a great team. And they were put over as a great team by beating very credible opposition in Nakamura and Orton. And it doesn't hurt Nakamura and Orton because... They are not a team. They're just two singles guys. They teamed together last week, but they don't have that, you know, that understanding that a, a well-seasoned tag team has. And Sammy cheated to win. And, that's, and that as well, yeah. And that is, that. as we said earlier, what beautiful storytelling. Mwah. Because two weeks ago, three weeks ago, if Sammy Zayn was in a match with Randy Orton, he wouldn't have cheated to win and would have lost. But they've told the story here. He followed the Kevin Owens way. He did cheat. And he pinned Randy Orton 13 times. I mean, they probably should have put this over more on commentary. 13-time world champion, Sami Zayn beat him. That's great. Heels are at their best when they're right. Mm -hmm. Oh, this was awesome. Loved it. And you're right, it doesn't hurt anyone. But it mm -hmm. puts over Sami Zayn. It was really, really... It was, it was just... It, it made me think of those... Not, not the level of star power, but just... It, it felt reminiscent of when SmackDown would just always have really good tag team main events with like The Rock and Chris Jericho versus Triple H and Benoit, you know, or, or The Undertaker, just like these crazy mm. main events. And that's kind of what this is, I guess. It it didn't feel like it, but it that's a bit of a dream match, right? Yeah. The first tag team pairing of Owens and uh, Zayn against Nakamura and Randy Orton. Like that's a that's like my indie dream well <laughs> Orton's the odd bit out there but you know that's a big deal and it, it wasn't played up as much like that but I it, it felt like that to me yeah and full credit to the announcers table for actually breaking for once yeah that's what happens when you chuck a normal sized man on it <laughs> as opposed to a sing brother who just lands there awkwardly dead it floats like a feather yeah yeah he does it <laughs> he just comes down uh, gracefully uh, yeah this was great uh, then Owens and Zayn went backstage and Brian was, did the cliffhanger of I, I'm not going to choose your opponents because next week Shane McMahon will. Obviously where it should end. Yeah. Well, they ran a little short 
and they just started to film the dark match segments where Owens and Zane just and you could almost hear Vince McMahon just like get out there damn it we need to fill the time get out there the camera awkwardly cuts back to Randy Orton and Nakamura who are posing sort of like looking intently you, you someone's obviously told them a referee or something we're running short yeah, just yeah. stand at the end just stand there and look look at the entrance ramp they're going to come back out so they're just doing their best to awkwardly stand there for about five seconds too long it's just that it's you know it's like it's fine to have that for a bit but then it just went on too long for a little bit too long and then Owens and Sami Zayn come back out having a ball. It felt like a house show because, like you said, it probably was this bit. Zayn's running around doing the yes, 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 very happy. And Owens ends with the brilliant line, now hug me, hold me tight. Yeah, it, I mean, that was great. It was a very odd ending, considering that you just had those two backstage with Daniel Bryan oh, yeah, yeah. saying to them, by the way, Shane McMahon's coming back next week. And they're like, oh, Shane McMahon's coming back. And then literally running out going like, hey, hey, hey guys, everything's great. Not selling the news mm. they'd just been given. Just a very weird ending. I, I loved it because, it, you know, it quite clearly went wrong. And uh, I, I found this very fun. <laughs> I, mean, I thought Owens, Owens was spectacular. Now, I think uh, Owens said recently in an interview that the his partnership with Jericho and his universal title run, although very fun, didn't live up to his own internal expectations. And I think, you know, that's quite easy to see because it was a comedy act rather than a main event universal title act. And that always, as much as I enjoyed the chemistry between them, it was really the the Chris Jericho show. And Owens was there as the straight man who, you know, really... Yeah, you know what I mean. Owens and Zayn, I think if they carry on this path, could be better than the Chris Jericho uh, pairing. I agree. So, yeah, Raw or SmackDown? Vote in the poll above our heads, by the way. Um, Very obviously for me, this one, Raw was the far better show. Yeah, Raw as well. Yeah, the SmackDown was, was really not just boring and average, like it usually is in the middle when Kevin Owens isn't in any segments. It was bad. Like yeah. a lot of the stuff on there was actively, actively bad. bad whereas i thought raw outside of the finn wyatt stuff was very was just solid yeah and what it's such it's so nice to be surprised by uh you know because we it's that thing yeah. we we cut we keep up to date with all the spoilers and kane was a genuine surprise and it was that was really nice it's nice to be surprised well done guys Another week, another agreement that Raw was the better show. Yeah, so that's been the last three, three. weeks. It's ironically since we started doing it as part of the Wrestle Ramble competitions. Mm. Yeah, we're but there hasn't been like a, a close week so far. No, a bit, and it was weird because before those three weeks, it was close in the race to the bottom, kind of close. Yeah. So I'd be like, ah, this one's rubbish, but this one's also rubbish. And if I want to play it tactically, maybe I'm just always voting the same as you. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I I mean, I just thought Raw was easily the better show this week. I thought it was a terrific show. I agree. I agree. Uh, So should I do my Paris Eiffel Tower story? Let's hear this uh, Eiffel Tower Paris story. So here's a hot insight. The Eiffel Tower's really tall. That's a a hot take I've yet to hear. I believe 300 metres, I want to say. Which doesn't, you know, like, I don't know what that looks like. 
it's very tall. And well, you do you... know what it looks like because you've seen the Eiffel Tower. I've now seen the Eiffel Tower in the flesh. This is my first time in Paris. Well, I slept rough once there when I was 18, but that's that's a, that's a different story. As <laughs> a, a renegade traveller for a night. Uh, but the yes, yeah, so this is the first time I've seen it in in the in the corrugated iron or whatever it is, and it was really tall. And I'm I'm not I'm fine with heights. I get on planes. I go up tall things. Uh, whenever I go on holiday with my lady partner's family, we are always forever going up church towers. <laughs> like wherever, not religious, but there's just always a church that you got to walk up a tower for. But I'm fine. Hmm. I've been up t- church towers on cliff faces. And as we've mentioned on this podcast before, I think it was on this podcast, moment on the movie podcast, it's water that you don't agree with and travel yeah. it, travel in, traveling in general. Well, it's I can't... Um, I, I'm not very good with seasickness. Yeah. Uh, any sort of pedalo I get pretty ill on. That isn't even a joke. <laughs> we had to get off the kayaks when we went to Cornwall because I was getting ill. Uh and uh, yeah, I don't like the idea of not being able to see land. Mm-hmm. Like that idea. But yeah, heights fine with. So we go up the. I've got butterflies in my stomach, as you would do. And we go up, and you go up. Uh, so you've got the legs of the Eiffel Tower, the four square bits at the bottom, and you go up the leg in two sections: floor one and then floor two. We went straight to floor two because we bought the third floor tickets. That's the highest you can go. And we got to the floor two. And the distance between uh, floor two and floor three is the entire distance of floor two to the ground. So you're effectively doubling the height you're going again. Uh, And we got off at floor two. I just lost it. That was like floor two was high enough and I started to get shaky. I couldn't go near the edge. And then I looked up and I couldn't even look up. It was like something was stopping me. I tried to look up, but then I, I feel like I was going to fall over the side. Oh, that's awful. Uh, even though I was nowhere near the side, and the side was protected. So I, I sort of balanced this by kind of crouching down and trying to look up like a gremlin, but I could never really get further than 45 degrees behind my back. And uh, my lady partner was being very good. She could have laughed at me, but uh, she was being very kind. She was like, look, this is the Eiffel Tower. You are going to kick yourself if you don't go up to the third floor because then you've done it i was like i know you're right i know you're right but irrationally i'm pretty confident it's gonna fall over i was just i knew i knew i wasn't convinced it was gonna fall over i just felt like and especially the sensation of going up in the elevator in the lift is the same sensation that you get on a roller coaster Mm. you're just waiting for it to drop down afterwards and having that drop down feeling on a very tall Eiffel Tower, I lost. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I lost it. So I was, I was sort of muttering to myself. I have uh, nervous tics I never knew I had, which include like sort of rubbing the side of my leg, just to I imagine to alleviate alleviate the anxiety. I'm just looking around, thinking, "You're an old, very overweight person from presumably Florida, the way you're dressed, and you're going up here." can't be that bad there were kids running around excited like it's not there were so many stuff it's safe it's safe it's safe so we got in the lift which is like uh, right in the center of the the tower it goes all the way up and it took two minutes and it was a fast lift that's how tall up it is and i was i almost started to huddle in the middle of the lift freaking out everybody else in the lift and as soon as i got up there i pounced on the nearest stool 
uh, and I was just shaking, trembling all over on the third floor. And the guy came over to me and like, not, he didn't work there or anything. Just said, are you okay? Genuinely concerned. And yeah, I'm scared. And turns out I'm scared of ridiculously tall heights. Mate, I, I, I think I said this to you when uh, <sighs> when you told me the story, but my uh, parents-in-laws brought me uh, tickets to go up the Shard, mm. where me and my girlfriend went out. Uh, we celebrated our first year and a, first year of going out together. We went up the Shard, and I'm I knew I've never been great with heights. Obviously, they didn't know that when they bought me the tickets. But I'm not great. Maybe with they that. did. <laughs> and they're not great with heights. And yeah, I was kind of fine. Like, so you can go up three different areas of it the first two are okay because it's just glass like you know glass thingies glass mm. uh, walls yeah and that's fine like yeah. as long as i didn't get too close to it windows. because yeah when floor to floor yeah. to ceiling windows yeah but it just makes my legs go a little bit because i can mm. i can feel the sensation of falling and that's what makes yeah that, that's what i had and i don't like that at all that really really oh. really, really weirds me out I, I can't go near the uh, cliff edges for the same reason um and but the third floor you go up to it's a bit more open air mm. and the glass and the uh, floors are a bit further apart and you just feels like you're just out like you can feel the wind and that I could not stay up there. So it's like not. open top. Yeah, I could yeah. not stay up there. It was so scary. I, I, I freaked out a little bit up there. But you told me something that I, I you missed out on that story, which I really enjoyed, not really enjoyed because that makes it sound a bit more sadistic, but you said that you to kind of calm yourself down while you were going up the lift was to play I Spy with yourself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my lady partner said, well, to calm kids down in these scenarios, uh, we can play a game where we run through the alphabet. I say something beginning with A, she says something beginning with B that you can see. And we started to do that. And uh, then I was, it wasn't working and she wasn't quick enough. And I was, <laughs> so, like, I'd say, uh, you know, air, because I was just saying things that weren't necessarily being completely irrational and uh, Anna would say like she'd look around and go hmm um, um. <laughs> I'm starting to get scared of it a bolt bolt <laughs> screaming at the bolt on the floor cap and I just it's like start calling out everything and then like that my mind needed to just say things to, to bury the noise in my head that yeah just to create some white noise so I was just saying muttering uh, things that weren't even around me by the end of it just getting like Roman Reigns, uh, <laughs> lights, uh, but, but you know, like not following a sequence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was kind of muttering that in the lift while almost doubled over. <sighs> Mate, terrifying stuff. Oh, it's so tall. Just, be- uh, just before we quickly do this for you, uh, because I don't really get a chance to tell these sorts of anecdotes now. We don't do the movie mm. review podcast, but I have an anecdote from uh, the Ooh. the Thor screening I went to oh, last night. Oh, you went to the Thor. Oh, I went. I went to go Ragnarok. see. I went to go see Thor Ragnarok last night. Uh, I can't say anything about it because I'm embargoed from doing so. I can say so in public, so I've told you what my thoughts are. Although it's odd, I can tell you what I think on Twitter. So if you want to see my thoughts, go to Twitter. But I can't do it on here. Um, but uh, there was a moment when the lad from Disney came out and said, "Like we're very honoured to be able to show you this presentation of Thor Ragnarok. You're one of the first. You're the first people in the UK to be able to get to see this." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, clap, 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 clap." So we've got some trailers to show you beforehand. So I was like, "Okay, cool. So this will be the Black Panther trailer." Mm. So they showed the new trailer for Black Panther. Awesome. Looks wicked up on the big screen. Really into that. I wish I was as cool as Michael B. Jordan. That that was more or less my takeaway from it. I just think he's got the coolest haircut in the world. Then the second trailer they showed was the new Star Wars trailer, which, as you know, I'm trying oh, to avoid. Trying to get, yeah. I'm trying to avoid because for Star Wars, I don't want to see any trailers. I'll watch the first teaser and then that's it. I did it with The Force Awakens. I did it with Rogue One. I enjoyed the films the, the more because I did that. 
and yeah, I've always been very good at being able to avoid them. I don't go to the cinema that often um, because usually we go to press screenings. So, well, at least back in the day, I used to be able to do that anyway. Um, but here, I couldn't avoid it. And so, like a madman, I'd imagine what, because this was a packed, it was the Odeon in Leicester Square, so it was quite a big cinema, lot, everyone around me, I just put my head between my legs and stuck my fingers in my ears and started to just do this. La 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 but I was just doing it quietly enough so I could hear it yeah. and I could block out any of the external noise from the trailer. Because it's hard to ignore sound when you're in a cinema. which historically that one, 7.1 Dolby Surround. Exactly. Historically, quite loud. Mm. So I managed to... I, don't, I can't tell you anything that I heard or I didn't see anything in the trailer because I had my head in my lap. But I would imagine that for everyone around me, it was quite the spectacle. Like everyone's there. Like if they're not looking at being wowed at the visuals that are on screen... Are just watching this guy, mm. just going la 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 la. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they they did the maths themselves, <laughs> and that you weren't just having a sort of a nervous breakdown. Yeah, because the Star Wars trailer had came on. So you missed the bit where Luke says he's Ray's father. Very good. Because that was crazy. <laughs> that was great, great. You missed the bit when John Cena had a cameo. <laughs> That's really funny, that. Let's do some reviews. Oh, I, I what a rambly. I couldn't see him. What a oh, nice. What a rambly outro. To uh, a podcast. Was, we don't do this often enough. None, none of which was related to wrestling. <laughs> uh, so we have from Wildy One Hundred. Could listen all day. What about all night, Wildly One Hundred? Because seriously, some people use it to, to dull themselves asleep. Well, yeah, no, well, I use um, How Did This Get Made uh, to fall asleep. So you mean my girlfriend listen to an episode every single night. I've got a little CD of just someone screaming. And that's <laughs> perfect. Sends me right off. Yeah. Some white noise. Fantastic podcast. Could listen to you guys ramble all day. Love the extra content on the podcast. And since Luke goes on about it so much, I've started listening to the Attitude Era podcast too. Keep it up. Hashtag SWAF. An excellent choice, Wildy 100. 100. I know you wrote that on September 11th, but please do let me know uh, what you make of the podcast. I'd be very interested to hear. You're sending people elsewhere. Well, they're still here. I, at least, I, I mean, I'm going to assume he's still here. He's not going to listen to the Agenda podcast like, oh, so this is what a proper podcast yeah. sounds like. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. So we'll see you on Saturday with the No Mercy, not No Mercy predictions, the TLC predictions. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Love you, bye. Some places take you away, some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com marathon. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 